We are so thrilled to be partnering with Hinge. Hinge is the dating app designed to be deleted. As you all know, I'm a huge Hinge advocate as I met my partner of almost three years on the app. Even before meeting him, Hinge was always my go-to app because I met more relationship-minded people here and had some great dates. Clearly, I haven't been on the app for a little while, but I re-downloaded it to check out some of the new features. One that stood out to me was the voice prompt, my best friend's take on why you should date me, where your friend can hype you up. Not only does this make the profile creation less daunting, but it's not always easy to see your own green flags. So to test it out, I asked UA some fun prompts to get her take on what I could put if I was dating again. So the first one, how long have we known each other? What was your first impression of me and how has that changed? Julie and I have known each other for almost 10 years. My first impression of Julie was that she's very social, but I've learned that she has a lot more depth to her beyond the social butterfly that she is. My next prompt, what do you think are my green flags? I would say she's deeply loyal. She believes in love, curious mindset, and she is fearlessly ambitious. And then last but not least, what kind of friend am I? Julie is the kind of friend who will always have your back, no matter what. Damn, that feels nice to hear. So download Hinge and try voice prompts today. Then find someone worth deleting the app for. I love wine, but sometimes it can get really expensive, which is why I'm so excited that today's episode is brought to you by Last Bottle Wines. If you don't know, they're a Napa-based online wine shop with a twist. They offer just one hand-picked wine per day until it sells out, which is often an hour's. So new day, new wine, always at incredible prices. We're talking 30 to 70% off retail. And the best part is that there's no subscriptions, no fees, and no minimum purchase. Just a daily email with a really great wine. They're offering Datable listeners 10% off your first order with code Datable. And now is such a great time to join as their marathon sale is coming up on March 28th and 29th. They flip that one day rule on its head and offer back to back deals, which means that wines are only up on the site for a couple minutes at a time and shipping is 100% free. They send us a mini marathon package of some of their favorites and let me tell you, they were delicious. Sign up at lastbottlewines.com and use the code datable and find out why Last Bottle is the most fun way to discover and buy amazing wine. The Dateable Podcast is an insider's look into modern dating that the Huffington Post calls one of the top 10 podcasts about love and sex. On each episode, we'll talk to real daters about everything from sex parties to sex droughts, date fails to diaper fetishes, and first moves to first loves. I'm your host, USU, former dating coach turned dating sociologist. You'll also hear from my co-host and producer, Julie Kraftchik, as we explore this crazy dateable world. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Dateable, a show all about modern dating where we dig, dig, dig into the whys of people's behavior and why they say the shit that they do, even if it's good shit. It's always shit, no matter what, right? (laughs) There can be good shit. There can be good shit. Shit Shit is just like a new term for stuff, stuff, convos, vibes, you know, all that word vomit that comes out of your (laughs) mouth. Yeah, all encompassing. (laughs) Say shit. (laughs) 
But yeah, we had some a really great couple last episodes really showcasing our hosts that we have in our sounding board group that lead the podcast discussion groups and the weekly happy hours. And now we've kind of announced that we're we've upgraded them to also be moderators in the public love in the time of Corona group. So it's really nice hearing all their stories and just getting to know them at like an even deeper level. And what I really loved about these interviews is that we learned about their plan post COVID. Mm-hmm. What are they planning to do with their love lives post COVID? What did they learn during COVID that they're taking into this new reality? And it just reminds me of this transitional time that we're in right now. Julie and I both have had our second shots. Mm-hmm. So we're, I guess, at this point, fully vaccinated. And I feel like I have new superpowers in some ways <laughs> because so last night, I didn't tell you this, Julie, I was out. Uh, my boyfriend and I were out in Culver City. This is where we live now and uh, ran into someone that I had seen in over 10 years. Someone I knew in New York. Oh, wow. We were standing in line together. He had his mask on. And I was like, maybe that's him. So this is what happened. We were both in line together. I was pulling up his Facebook as he's DMing me on Instagram. Because oh I just want to confirm where he was. And he DM me and said, are you in line with me right now? <laughs> so we were like, what the fuck? Like, wh- in what world? And so the, our first conversation was, are you vaccinated? Are you good? We established that. And then he and his wife asked us to join them for dinner. So it was like, oh, my gosh, first time meeting up with basically new people in Mm -hmm. over a year. It was so weird. It was like so crazy to sit down with people who weren't in my quarantine pod. Yeah, I mean, the energy is definitely shifting for sure. And I think a lot of people like I've definitely heard of people like really going on a lot more dates too recently, Mm because I think there is, you know, it's this feeling of more security with it all. Yeah, like there's it definitely feels like we're moving forward. So hopefully I I keep hating to say it because even like with our dating post pandemic, I'm like, I almost feel like we're like jinxing it a little and I don't want to like say it because we're not out of the woods completely. But there's definitely been a shift. I mean, now like you basically don't even need to wear a mask. Like that's the latest, which is kind of interesting. I wasn't really expecting that. I thought we'd be wearing masks for a lot longer, but let people start kissing again. Bring the PDA back. Yeah, I mean. (laughs) If they were like STDs are all cured and you're all vaccinated from STDs, I don't know if I could stop wearing condoms. Like, like, I don't, you know what I mean? I think, I mean, there's all this like stuff, you know, I love to like browse TikTok in my free time, but like all this stuff about like hot girl summer. Have you seen all these like memes? No. That's basically like people going buck wild this summer because they've been like cooped up for a year. Like, it's going to be crazy. It's going to be interesting to see how people react. I do feel like a new person, though, after being vaccinated. And I think you and I should both talk about our second shot experiences because it seems to vary so much and everyone's very curious. So if you haven't had your second shot, I'll tell you my experience. I have Moderna. I got it at 3 p.m. And that night I felt fine. Didn't feel much of a side effect. And I woke up the next day with a massive headache. Mm. Like my head was about to explode. I was really crabby in a terrible mood. I wish I had just taken the day off, but Mm. I planned meetings back to back to back and I was not myself. I really felt close to death. I was like, this is, I hate life. (laughs) I didn't realize you had it that bad. Yeah, because I told you, I was like, I have a headache. Yeah. Which I guess relatively to other people's symptoms that I've heard, it's not that bad. But to me, a headache is just debilitating. To mm. me, I can't think straight. I can't, I, I just can't be my normal self. 
And that night I took a really strong edible, a really strong edible. It knocked me out. And the next day I woke up like a brand new person. I felt so happy. I drank some coffee and I just felt like I could take on the day. So I do feel like I have transformed into a new person. Well, I loved when you were like, I'm just going to drink a lot of water. And I'm like, I don't know if that's going to really prevent if you're going to get it but or not. I don't know if you felt this way, Julie. I was so thirsty all day, so extremely thirsty and just hungry. I couldn't stop drinking or eating. I honestly, I had very little effects at all. I had Pfizer and I didn't have many effects from it. I had like a small headache, but it wasn't like bad. Like sometimes mm-hmm. I'll just get headaches from looking at the computer. It was no worse than that. Yeah, I think relatively we both netted out pretty well. I know people who've been in bed for four days and wow. can't get out of bed and who feel like who truly feel like shit. So just so you know, be prepared with Tylenol or a painkiller after you get your shot. It does help. And if you do edibles, I highly recommend them. Just basically anything that just knocks you out so you don't have to feel the pain. I was like, I feel like that's not on CDC guidance at all. So like, <laughs> like, I think they're purposely like, don't drink, don't have like any like, you know, anything that's going into your body in some sort of way that's going to mess it up. So I guess do that at your own risk. I'm not a doctor. I'm only speaking from experience. If I didn't have edibles, I would take a NyQuil. But Basically, or just get punched in the face. Like, just (laughs) knock me out. (laughs) Put me out of my misery so I can wake up the next morning feeling brand new and fresh again. Well, speaking of being punched in the face, we have quite... (laughs) What? What kind of transition is that? I'm nervous. Speaking of being violent... That's so much worse than it really is. I was just going to say we have quite the episode in store this week with love bombing, but I feel like I built that up way too much. You're like, what happened to you this week? That was quite the transition. Speaking of getting punched in the face. Figuratively, not literally for love bombing. Yeah, please do explain. I don't know. I just think like, okay, well, I I am super excited to do this topic. Actually, we have Dr. Diane, who we've been following for quite some time on Mm -hmm. Instagram and sliding into each other's DMs quite a bit. Flirting all the time. (laughs) But I feel like this topic of love bombing, I'm so glad we're doing it because I've heard so many people use this in the last year that this person's love bombing me. And I feel like I've even been guilty of thinking that too and i i like that we actually like set it straight of like what it really is and what is the difference of you know someone getting ahead of their feelings versus actually like manipulative love bombing so i think it's a really good way to differentiate that i think we actually even got like a few questions in the facebook group like Mm -hmm. about like you know like things are moving really fast they're doing well but like should i be scared of love bombing so i think this will be really good for a lot of people but the reason i think of like i don't know i just getting punched in the face you're like please i am back girlfriend i am back (laughs) i don't know i think of like you know like some dating like it's not an actual getting punched in the face but like you know like when you think of certain dating behavior that you're just like what is the association with that like I think of love bombing is probably one of the worst because it's like someone is like controlling and manipulating you like Mm -hmm. true actual love bombing and I feel like it kind of is this like punch in the face feeling of like I feel dumb because I fell for it type of Mm. thing that's kind of like what went through my mind 
Yeah, I mean, love bombing is tricky. We talked about it on this episode because you feel good, but then at the same time, you're like, should I feel good about this? And there is a thin line between love bombing and someone who genuinely cares about you and wants to do nice Mm -hmm. things for you. So this is why it's such an a great episode because we make those differences very clear so you can recognize the signs and the symptoms. If you are getting punch in the face or just a nice stroke in the face, (laughs) you don't know what it is. Speaking of positive love, it was a couple episodes ago we talked about how UA got the um, card from the waiter. The red card. So one of our members, Shelby, she was saying that she actually does this. She goes around and leaves people like these Mm -hmm. nice cards to brighten their day. And I feel like hers isn't even in like a hitting on you way because she has a significant other like it it, i think even before she had the significant other it was never like that way so maybe that who knows what that guy's attentions was with you but anyways i'm I'm putting this up on youtube for everyone to see so cute she sent she basically was like who wants a card and she was like dming and she's like would you want one i'm like yeah absolutely this is so sweet so she sent this card has a nice rainbow on it to bring some sunshine to your day okay hold on it's handmade right no the card is oh. <laughs> the card is from papyrus oh okay <laughs> I was like the, damn how I'm much about, she uh, said? <laughs> yeah. I'm about to reveal the handmade part is okay. on the inside ah so hello okay. beautiful hello beautiful I'll read it so everyone can see you always so like cute. try to read it anyone on YouTube <laughs> sees like you a like in the screen trying yeah to, like, I just look like your grandma read. at the grocery <laughs> store are these oranges or apples <laughs> so okay so Shelby's card hello beautiful dating is an act of vulnerability and exposing your flaws strengths wants and desires to a stranger dating with kindness is a wonderful way to let another soul know that their heart is in good hands during your time together and that there is still acceptance generosity and love in the world live in kindness be kind and stay dateable my goodness I got it today and I'm like, this is the most amazing thing. It also came in like this beautiful envelope and I'm like, I actually kind of like forgot the association that she sent it, like was sending this. Yeah. So I'm like, what am I getting in the mail that I How opened it? So much joy. Lovely and profound it really was. and personalized. Shelby, I'm waiting for mine. And she used dateable colors, too. She asked me what my favorite colors were. And I was like, purple and teal. And I'm like, oh, wait, those are dateable colors. (laughs) As they should be. They're deeply ingrained in (laughs) me now. I had a hard time. It's funny. We had a conversation. This is this is a tangent, but it's all related. We had a conversation with Louise the other day, and she's like, "Like, at what point should you know someone's favorite color? I, I won't give away the details, but she's like, I've been seeing someone I don't know. I'm freaking out. I don't even know his favorite color. We're like, what? And then when Shelby asked me about my card, she's like, what's your favorite color? I didn't even know. I'm like, I didn't know I mine either. I know. <laughs> Like, which I think I like just subconsciously said purple and teal because it's something I see a lot. Like, it's I'm like, so I don't funny. really know what my favorite color is. I know. So funny. So what are funny. those deep rooted ones? But I am happy to report back, though, speaking mm. of Louise, is that I did actually go on my moonrise date. Yeah. So we talked about this. We, UA and I recorded on Saturday, and it actually turned out it was like the pink super moon was yeah. on Monday. So I'm like, I got to seize the 
opportunity. And it was it was such a beautiful and like romantic and nice date. So I've been seeing someone new, which has been really great. He's pretty private. So I'm not going to go into too much details. But it's just it's he has been wonderful. So I'll leave it at that. Well, that's all we need to hear, Julie. <laughs> but you got to give us the behind the scenes of how you got to the moonrise. Oh, so there was a bit of a hype. <laughs> Luis, you did not know about. Luis failed to mention this in the activity. This is the problem when you take advice from friends of like things you should do and you don't do your own research. <laughs> Sometimes things get left out. Apparently there is an easy like it was in this park Corona Heights and there's like an easy steps up. That's like very easy to navigate. I mean, it was still actually, I shouldn't say it was super easy to navigate. It was still pretty freaking high up. Like this was actually a super cool park. Like you could see like the whole view of San Francisco from there. It wasn't even a park. It was like rocks and stuff. Like it was not what I was expecting in the slightest. Like I was expecting like grass. Like it was not it. And anyways. First world problems. (laughs) I was expecting grass. There was rocks. But we were walking up and it was quite the hike, like quite the hike. And I was like, I don't think I'm gonna be able to do this like in the evening when it's like pitch black. So we did the stairs down. But the problem was it did not go to where we were parked at all. So it was quite um, uh, got a little lost. lost. Got a little lost. So it was an adventure. It was an adventure. The whole thing was an adventure was no super nice, but definitely an adventure. Were you dressed for it? Yes. Okay, that's good. I wasn't like not dressed for it, but I wasn't expecting like a hike in this. Like it was a little bit of a surprise. Maybe the- that was Louise's plan all along. It's not so much about getting to the top to see the moonrise. It's like really how you get there and get back down. <laughs> the ultimate test. Exactly. Well, that sounds like fun. I went to see the moonrise too outside oh, yeah? of my parents' door. <laughs> I just opened the door. I was like, oh, hey, look, we're in the suburbs and you can see the moon really well. That's great. And then we closed the door. Vibe, but... <laughs> It was a it was a romantic, yes, with my parents. <laughs> but I was inspired by that too. I thought that was like perfect timing. Mm-hmm. And it is just like romantic to stare at the moon, something we don't do all the time. It totally was. You know what I loved about this? It was a date I would never think to do before mm-hmm. this. So I think that's like what I mean, that's what Datable does. It opens your mind to new ideas. And like for anyone that's, you know, hasn't heard that last episode where we mentioned this, I think it was actually just the episode one ago right i got like on this quick yeah, yeah you it was did. like like someone in the group was like this sounds like a cool idea and i'm like i actually did it you were so inspired. <laughs> it was fast it was um but we had an event part of the sounding board to go through like really like interesting date ideas with our past guest jeff harry and honestly i love it because like i definitely am someone that's maybe more guilty to like basic ideas and i i thought this was really interesting and different you know something else I thought about would be a great kind of fun date idea that we don't discuss often are like double dates. Double dates with your friends are so much fun. My my partner and I are going on a double date tonight with two friends and then we have no plan other than just dinner and then just let's just see what happens. And that could be, when you have more people involved, it could be even more fun. Totally. Group dates. Group dates. Bring grouper back. Just kidding. No. I failed. (laughs) (laughs) What else do we have going on this week? Other than love bombing, we've talked about our hosts, we talked about our vaccine shots. I mean, it's a lot. Actually, yes, let's get to our question. You know, our new 
our nude segment. <laughs> <laughs> our nude segment That's on dating advice. That's how we're driving advice. YouTube growth. We've already decided that. But no, for real, our new segment is going to be answering some of the questions that you all send us. So again, you can always send us hello at datablepodcast.com. Hit us up on D- uh, DMs on Instagram. We love hearing from you all. And, you know, also, of course, the Facebook group, Love in the Time of Corona, is a great, you know, place to surface these questions. But let's get to our one today that, you know, we get all the time. This is a big one. This question is, how do you know when you're moving too fast when it comes to dating? So it's very much related to love bombing. It's very much related to turbo dating, another topic Mm -hmm. that we've covered. And it's a tricky one because you want things to move along. Because mm-hmm. a lot of our complaints are about stalled dating, not getting the text back, not seeing each other IRL. But when all these things to do happen sequentially and frequently, you're like, ooh, is this moving too fast? Right. So I, my answer to this is it's a gut check. Do I feel like I am on this boat that's being rowed by someone else? Or do I feel like I'm rowing this boat with someone? So Part of what feels like it's moving too fast is that I just got on this boat and it's moving. And I'm like, wait, wait, where, where is it going? Where are we headed? Is this a safe boat? Do I feel stable in this boat? Who's driving this boat? No matter, there's like no rules around, oh, if you do this within the first three days, you're moving too fast. It's all based on a gut check. And if you feel like you're not taking control of that boat, it's probably moving too fast. Yeah, I think it's our both people on the same page too. Because mm. I think like, you know, if one person's the one driving it and the other person's just going along with it, that's when it can start to like, you know, backfire also. I think a good rule of thumb too, it's like I'm totally the same way. It's like there's no hard, fast rules of like how often you should see someone and how often you should talk. Like everyone is different and also depends like what else they have going on in their lives. I'm personally... Personally, like a believer, though, is like, I mean, I've always been this way, even in relationships, like I don't, I like to preserve my life the way it was before. Mm. Like, I I obviously want to make room for the new person in my life, and they're going to be a priority. But I don't want to just like stop seeing my friends, stop like doing my passions, like stop working out, like basically like change my lifestyle to accommodate a new person. Mm. So I think when the moments that I feel like something is moving too fast is when I feel like I'm losing my So as long as I can balance doing my stuff the way I had been and seeing someone new, and maybe that is like cutting back in certain areas a little to accommodate someone new coming into your life. But I think completely like getting rid of everything, that's when I feel like it's moving too fast. Yes. And that's a really good point because... If you feel like you're sacrificing something, like are you sacrificing your identity, your life, your freedom, then maybe you're not exactly on the same page with the person you're in this boat with, right? But if you feel like you're sacrificing or you're holding back on something, like you're holding affection or holding conversations because you don't want it to move too fast, then I would do another check-in, like... Maybe you're not aligned with what the pace should be. You like have these ideas of how of how fast a relationship should move, but obviously there's a disconnect somewhere. So if you feel like you're sacrificing mm-hmm. in any area, there is a problem there. Hopefully that answers your question on whether you're moving too fast or not. 
Okay, so quick, let's just do a really quick run through of announcements and then we'll have a quick message from our partner, but just high level announcements, you know, like we've been keep saying this, but definitely check out Love at the Time of Corona. One day we're going to have to change the name. For now, we'll keep it going. And then, you know, the sounding board is where it's at. Like get to know our hosts that you got to know through the episode even better. There was this great happy hour Thursday. We do them every Thursday. There's podcast discussion groups every Sunday. The one for love bombing is going to be super juicy. So definitely want to get in on that. And I mean, we had a great one last night. There was Janice, Shieldy, and Hisela were the hosts. So we kind of alternate our hosts up and people were saying like new people that joined how fun it was and how great it was to like, you know, just shoot the shit and talk about dating and relationships and just life with new people. I think at the end of the day, it's all about forming connections. And we've said this a zillion times, but like, it's not all it's not always a romantic connection. It's just human connection overall. When you get the chance, also subscribe to our YouTube channel. That's where you'll get to see Shelby's car that she made for <laughs> us and the random faces that we make when we film when we record these intros, because a lot of it is in our nonverbal communication. And you get to see my new hair. I'm like so excited. Oh, that yeah. I got new highlights. All right. Let's move on to a quick message from our sponsor. This episode is made possible by pros. There's no one-size-fits-all when it comes to shampoo and conditioner. We need products that are suited for our unique needs and don't leave us disappointed. Case in point, my hair turned super frizzy and wavy in my 20s, and none of my old hair care products were effective anymore. So now thanks to my personalized pros shampoo and conditioner and even pre-shampoo mask, I've fallen in love with my hair again. Pros creates customized hair care products for people, not hair types. You'll never have to compromise on healthy hair goals because every product's formula is made with you in mind. Their online quiz dives into every conceivable factor that affects your hair health, such as your family history, diet, and even zip code. Yeah, since moving to LA, the pollution has totally affected the quality of my hair. So with over 50 billion formula combinations, Pros can give you a unique blend of ingredients that caters to your every strand and follicle. Pros is a healthy hair regimen with your name all over it. Take your free in-depth hair quiz and get 50 15% off your first order today. Go to pros.com slash datable. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E for your free in-depth hair quiz and 15% off. Okay, so let's hear it from Dr. Diane. So what is love bombing? That's what this episode is all about. And we are so excited to have Dr. Diane with us, who we've been in correspondence with over Instagram for a long time. Yes. Like we feel like years, we know I you. I feel like, yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> it's a weird relationship, right? Because it it's all virtual. It's all through Instagram DMs. And now we're actually talking face to face. So let's see if this relationship translates in real life. <laughs> and when you say in real life, you still be virtual. Let's just exactly. clarify in real virtual life. Uh-huh. <laughs> it would be interesting to talk about love bombing over virtual dating too. So we'll get into this topic, mm-hmm. but who is yes. Dr. Diane? She currently lives in Northern California. She's been there for over 30 years, originally from Chicago. She's married and she's in her 50s. A psychologist, writer, and attachment expert. She can be found on Instagram where we found her at back to love doc. Um, you can also go to back 
backtolovedoc.com. That's really hard to say, doc.com. It it is. (laughs) And take her love style quiz. I'm actually in the middle of it. It's 10 questions and you'll get a better understanding of your love style. But today we're talking about love bombing. What is love bombing? Julie, you love using this term. Shed some feel, light on it. Well, I feel like this has come up. Why I think it's really the right time. And you, you kind of alluded to it with virtual. I feel like before virtual times with dating, I thought like, oh, you have to be naive to be love bombed. Like I kind of thought like I was above it a little. Like I, I'll admit it. Mm-hmm. But what I've realized is it is very possible to be susceptible to love bombing. And I've heard this term thrown around a lot in the last year. I feel like it definitely was here before 2020, but I'm hearing more and more people saying that they're feeling love bomb by virtual connections. And I have experienced this myself. So definitely excited to get into it with you. But I think the official definition that at least we found online about love bombing is the practice of showering a person with excessive affection and attention in order to gain control or significantly influence their behavior. What separates love bombing from just regular honeymoon feelings is an abrupt switch. Mm. One moment Mm. they may be Mm. idealizing their partner Mm -hmm. and the next they'll cut them down in size and effort to control them. So so do you have any additional thoughts on that definition before we really get into it? Okay, let's talk love bombing because I think (laughs) people think love bombing is oftentimes gifts, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I have a perfect example, and we didn't have the term love bombing back when I was dating, but I had met this guy, met him at, um, you know, a Sunday afternoon brunch, liked him, thought, oh yeah, I would go out with him again. Um, We, he was going out of town. So he said, um, you know, I'll be in touch. And I'm like, okay. So I go to my office the next day. Mind you, I didn't give him my address or anything, right? And there are two dozen roses. And I'm like, wow. Oh, 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 okay. So I'm like, that's nice, right? And then the next day, I go to my office, two more dozen roses. Wow. Okay. Day three, two more dozen roses. Well, of course, I have to then like text him back and like thank him. But I didn't know I was being loved bombed. And you think your girlfriends are like, oh my God, that's so romantic. He must really like you. But I say, watch it because those roses come with thorns. Mm. <laughs> And you don't realize that, and this was a guy who I call more like a covert narcissist. There's the Mm. difference between the overt guy who's like really showy versus like, Mm -hmm. this was a dad, a nice dad, but like Mm -hmm. a dad, right? He had two kids because I was older dating. And now all of a sudden we're in a relationship And I didn't realize that I'd been love bombed and I felt like I was just being a nice person, right? Responding to this gracious gift, not Mm -hmm. realizing what was underneath it and who he was as the person who was love bombing me. And love bombing can either come at the beginning with lots Mm -hmm. of gifts, a lot of anxious attachment, you know, approve of me, or it can come later. I mean, I get lots of clients who, especially if there's a rift in the relationship, then suddenly the love bombing comes as a way to re-engage, to get this person uh, reconnected with you. But you have to be careful because the gift is not about you, okay? 
those roses had nothing to do with me. I could have been allergic to roses. I mean, I, <laughs> he didn't know. Right? He didn't he know didn't who you know. are. Yeah. <laughs> didn't know who I was. Did I like roses? Did I not? But the point of the behavior is what's underneath, which is usually an insecure person does not want to feel anxious while they're waiting for you to approve of them. So they have to up and amplify the volume to get you to agree to them so they don't have to look at their own stuff. Well, I wanna I wanna be careful here because mm-hmm. just because someone gets you two dozen roses does I not know. mean that they're love bombing you. So where mm-hmm. do we draw the line and say this is an act of love bombing versus someone who truly cares about me and wants to make me happy? Well, so much of that UA is timing, right? So in a normal relationship, if the guy knew me and was sending me two dozen roses because I was going through something, that would be different. It's not the gift itself. It's like, what is the hook? Why lead with that? A secure functioning man would not have to do that, right? Like you have to look at what is behind this behavior. So it's not like the two dozen roses is the definitive love bomb. It's What is the intention behind the behavior? And so that's why it's very nuanced. You have to look carefully at what is what is the meaning of this? And then what is it bringing about me, right? What is my emotional response to these roses? And then before you knew it, okay, now I'm with this guy because I'm a nice person. I have my own anxious attachment style and I get kind of hooked by this. And then he's giving me other things and lavishing me with like trips. And then all of a sudden he's out of town and I'm watching his children and <laughs> driving them to school. And now I'm like the nanny. Shit. And uh, Exactly. Shit. I'm like, what the? Like, did I sign up for this? But like wow. suddenly it's, it's because this man was a covert narcissist. Again, I didn't know any of this. And and by the way, I'm a psychologist. Like, I should have known. Right. Okay. Right? Like, I'm embarrassed. This is the man I dated before my husband. And then I finally figured out, like, no more. I, I kind of had a sense of what the hell happened. But I had no idea this was happening to me. And so I have to tell people about it because it can happen to anyone. So that is exactly what I was trying to say earlier, but you said it much more elegantly. Is like, not that I thought I was above it. I just thought because I do a podcast, like I would be able to catch the signs. And I also, for whatever reason, interpret it as like highly manipulative, like someone like making you do things Mm. for them. Where I think the expansion of this is that like sometimes it's to gain control and that could just be to like get validation that they that you like them like it doesn't need to be a crazy control lever I mean yours with the kids is seems like a little more controlling but like mm-hmm. I had an experience over um you know it was a virtual I was away so I couldn't meet okay. this person in real life and it was just like laying it on so thick and I remember texting UA being like I think I met like my person and I had never met this guy and I'm like saying that out loud now is so fucking crazy like I can't believe like the thought even went in my mind mm-hmm. but it was like nothing I had experienced before but as soon as he was like as soon as he knew like saw that like I had interest he seemed to back away and I feel like there was some love bombing like I don't want to like toss I don't know I'll get your opinion like I don't want to toss the word around loosely if you don't feel like that is but I did feel like there was some like not overt manipulation but like some like validation maybe is a better way to say it so was it just that he 
came on with too much affection or or tell me more what was the behavior yeah it was just like like life plan like not like life planning like mm-hmm, you know we're getting mm-hmm. married but just like all mm-hmm, these future mm-hmm. plans that like didn't pan out basically mm-hmm. like a future faker is what we've called it before aha uh-huh. yes i i i have to tell you i have stories about this i have clients where a woman was just one of my clients recently dating this guy and literally I hadn't talked with her for a while, so I didn't know it got to this point, and they were going to elope, get married, and then talk about a faker. Again, insecure people will fake good or start talking about a future that they can't deliver on. And then when it got to that point, he completely ghosted her. I mean, she was devastated. She was going to you know, run away with this guy. Wow. So is that love bombing? Like, is that part of the definition? Or is that like another offshoot of love? Bombing? Yeah. So <laughs> technically, the word love bombing is, is again, an exaggerated sense. But but if we look at where, who is the person who's doing the love bombing? Like what's underneath the behavior? I'm an insecure person who worries that I'm not enough, right? That I have to give you more. I have to give you more of a story. I have to paint a rosy picture. I'm aware that maybe other people in the world have more to offer. Like this other man who did this to my client didn't have a lot of money. She did. So he felt intimidated by that. So he paints this picture that he can't follow up on. Or my guy didn't want to come out and say, hey, I really need help sort of like raising my kids, but, you know, gave me all these other things that you go along with the package and now you're in a relationship with them and you just think it's like an exchange for what you're getting. But you didn't realize that at at the beginning, it was manipulative. That's the part. It's the manipulation. Why the lie? Because a secure functioning person wouldn't lead with something that they couldn't deliver on. Hmm. So does that mean we have to be skeptical of everyone's right. actions? I, I mean, now, now no. I'm like, why is yeah. why is this guy being so nice to me? Are you love bombing <laughs> me? Are you future faking me? Are you just being normal? I don't even know anymore. Right. You don't want to be in a skeptical state all you the know, time. Again, it's back to how this person is making you feel. So hmm. here's the thing. When we're in love, right? Falling in love is like a drug, right? And it takes over and you feel like you're in an obsessive compulsive uh, situation where all you can do is like fantasize about this person. That's the normal love drug. Mm-hmm. But the person should be able to contain it enough. Why are they going so overboard? So just think about what is normal. Normal would be, it's your birthday. I do something for you. We have an anniversary. We celebrate together. I know you love chocolate. I buy you chocolate. I've heard extreme examples of love bombing. And let's put it in that category where people are You know, I knew a man who bought a woman like 13 purses, like designer purses. And then oftentimes, remember, the hook is something like, oh, well, you don't like my purses. What what is this? Is this too good for you? There is the hint of the manipulation. So again, it's not just the gift. Mm. It's what is the gift hooked to? That's what you have to ask yourself. You have to say, what is this? Why so much? And what is it that they want as a result of that? Because Oftentimes, there's two types of people who love bomb. The narcissist, who oftentimes are the avoidant attachment style person who doesn't know how to really be vulnerable and be close. And so they have to, again, underneath, don't feel good enough, right? Didn't get that from their parents, feeling like a secure enough person. So they're going to overdo it with Mm -hmm. something. Um, Again, gifts, attention. Then there's the anxiously attached person. And it depends on also 
why it's so hard to just define love bombing, it's also who you are, okay? Because if you're an avoidant person yourself, I would call you like independent Isabel, and a guy comes on even like normal, you might feel like it's too much, too mm. intense, and you could define it as love bombing when someone else just thinks it's sweet behavior. So you see, this is why it's mm -hmm. so nuanced because it's who I am, but then also who the other person is right. and how am I defining that? So I have some... Again, I just call them independent Isabel types, more the avoidant person who didn't grow up with a lot of love and affection and attention. And a guy who comes on more emotional, more needy, she's like, oh my God, this is too much. She might define that as love bombing when it's just really the person wanting to connect. Right. Well, that, yeah, I think that's like the two examples that we gave, like the one I gave, it wasn't like manipulation. It exactly. Just, it almost felt like it was just too fast, too soon. Yes. And like it caused, my gut was that there was like an, like a avoidant attachment, but maybe it was an anxious attachment now that yes. we're like unpacking yes. it. My initial thought was it was avoidant because it was like once it became real or once it became whatever, mm -hmm. that's when they like bailed a bit. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, I guess like a question for you, I feel like narcissist that word gets thrown yes. around a lot i feel Can like psychologists love that word uh, i feel <laughs> like everyone so yes oh, everyone yeah. in dating i feel like wants to call whoever they're dating a narcissist it's yes. like the the top word that's always tossed around can you like break down what that actually means okay so one of my most fun ig posts was is he a narcissist or maybe he's just an asshole right <laughs> okay and i got a lot of information on this one because here's the thing to be a narcissist a true narcissist to have narcissistic personality disorder from a psychological perspective it's one percent of the population it's very oh, really right it's tiny yeah small and everyone is not a narcissist this day oh, that's wow. right but but if we just look at if you capture the range of narcissism we we have healthy narcissism like i'm mm. self-promoting i'm confident i'm good on interviews uh i'm going to promote myself that's good healthy narcissism but then when it borders on unhealthy narcissism that's a whole different thing. And when we think about back to the manipulation. So I have lots of clients too, where they'll say like, you know, my husband was a narcissist. I ended up in a psychiatric institution and my therapist didn't label him as a narcissist. And I said, it, it doesn't even matter if somebody labeled them technically. It is again, how they make you feel. So I have these, um, I'm just looking real quick. I have this post on like six warning signs of a narcissist spelled danger. So it's an acronym, which is super simple. D, they're defensive. Narcissists mm. are always defensive, right? Anytime I have a problem with you, I bring it up, they're going to be defensive. A, they are attention seeking. So back to like the love bomber, they want something for the gift. They want you to call them, mm -hmm. thank them to say, oh my God, you're so wonderful, right? They, they want something for it. it that's the, that's the, the thorns. They neglect you though. That's the N. Mm. Ultimately, they are not, they have no empathy. So they will come on strong, but then neglect your emotional needs. They can't sustain it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Then they gaslight you. What is gaslighting? That's a really popular word too. What do narcissists do? When you say, hey, I'm really upset or something, they say, what are you talking about? You do that. You're the one who's sabotaging. Mm -hmm. They flip everything around and make it your problem. That's what mm -hmm. gaslighting is. E, empathy failure. Again, so who was Narcissus? He was the Greek god who fell in love with his own image. Oh, yep. Right? In the, in the pond and turned to stone. To be a narcissist, classically, you have 
a parent who was not there for you, so you had no mirror, okay? Mm. So a lot of narcissists then have no one to tell them that they're lovable or that they're good. So they go, they seek this out in the world. So who are classically narcissists? Usually actually educated people, why I dated a ton of them. Mm -hmm. um, people in Silicon Valley, <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, successful yep. people, check. right? Check, 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 check. Right. San Francisco, who, who get a lot of their needs met from external rewards because they weren't feeling loved at home and oftentimes have mm. narcissistic parents themselves who don't have the capacity for emotional warmth. So they have to get that from other people and then that becomes their self-esteem and then they want to associate with other people that they highly value, right? And then they surround themselves by people like that. And then the last R for danger, they rebound quickly. Mm. So, oh, gonna, yes. Yep. They're going to tell you, you know, same thing with my ex, the narcissist with the thorns and the love bombing. Then, you know, we're breaking up and I'm telling him, you know, this, it's just, you're not who I thought you were from the beginning. Um, you know, you painted yourself as this good dad. And now I just don't think we're matched. And he's, I'm never going to find anyone. And then sure enough, I find like out from my, house my housekeeper, yeah. <laughs> who's also his housekeeper, <laughs> that mm. he's getting married. Oh my and God. And she's pregnant. Wow. So this is, I love this because I just went check, check, check on this guy I dated absolutely narcissist maybe not in the one percent but maybe yep. in like the 30 yes. percent of people yep. who are semi-narcissistic -nar yes. and his version of love love bombing was not easy to spot in the beginning so yes. I think mm -hmm. it is important to note that love bombing sometimes is not clear until yes. later yeah and you compare their actions to their earlier actions so an example is when we first started dating Julie you know this story I was living elsewhere I came to San Francisco to visit him so oh, he yeah. had a whole weekend planned in an Excel spreadsheet of all his favorite places so on paper this looked amazing this guy was so thoughtful and he asked me to give him any requests is there anything you want to see you want to do you want to eat etc so i gave him a list of requests and he did not implement any of it so that was red flag number mm -hmm. one because he wanted control over the situation yes. to me i was like oh he just didn't have time to plan this i was making excuses mm -hmm. now the danger that you just you just spelled out the n for neglect he forgot my birthday. So yep. after he planned this amazing weekend that took so much thought and time, on my birthday was the only day he did not call me, did not wow. even acknowledge. Mm -hmm. So when I called him out, the lack of empathy came through. He mm -hmm. was like, oh, I'm sorry. I've been busy. I, th oh I thought you gosh. were busy. At least it own just, it. <laughs> and then and his excuse was, come on. It's just I, I missed it. To, I missed it on your day. I can say happy birthday to you the day after. So then he turned it around on me. Mm -hmm. So that's when I realized it was love bombing in the beginning. But mm -hmm. I didn't see that till much later on when I could compare the actions. So I think that's important to note is that mm -hmm. earlier in the relationship, it's harder to kind of spot this until later. Totally. But you also said this can appear even later in a relationship, like maybe a few years in. What causes that to happen? Yeah. So back to attachment styles, it's when people feel threatened mm. that you're going to see their attachment style. So what I say is that people are like tea bags. You don't know who someone is until you put them in hot water. <laughs> we also say you don't know somebody's strength until you put them in hot water. But it's so relevant because that person, it depends what the stressor is. So 
you're right. It's it's very hard to define this is love bombing, this isn't. It's it's a context of behaviors stemming from a person's insecurities for which they feel like if they can move through this stage of dating faster, like if I can get you, hook you faster, or wow you from the beginning, you're actually going to be in love with me. And then I'm going to get to slip in these other things. That's the manipulation. Mm. So it's like, mm. if you think of like a bomb that goes off and it's like, it's a smoke screen for other things. So you can't see my insecurity. Um, I love the name of this book, The Wizard of Oz and Other Narcissists. Because you think about <laughs> it, okay? Who is the Wizard of Oz? He's the little man behind the curtain controlling right. all the controls, right? But he is, I am Oz, right? I am all knowing. <laughs> And, and I love that name of the book because it, it talks about who are these narcissists, right? They're the little insecure men mm. who really can't sustain it. They can't sustain the intimacy. They don't know how. So they're kind of like faking it, like they're doing these behaviors. They might watch the romantic movies and pick up that, mm -hmm. oh, women like that. But again, it's coming from them. It's not about you. Mm -hmm. That trip lacked you in it. Yeah, right. He right. just wanted to get you to notice what a good guy he was, right? And when it really mattered on your birthday, and my guy, the exact same thing, my birthday's right by Christmas and it's always a trigger for me. Sure enough, he's like, well, can we just change your birthday? Mm. I'm like, mm, okay then. Right. Right? And, and these things are subtle. You don't really mm, realize right. them until you're kind of in it. It's like the quicksand. Then to your, your question, it can happen later too. So when the threat comes up now, the threat is threat of losing you. The threat of their own life. Maybe their job is going really poorly or something. Mm. Um, for my guy... What happened was I then, this was the craziest thing. Like I met him on match.com and I was showing my girlfriend like my profile on match and somehow it reactivated my account without me knowing it. And oh. then he confronts me. I come back from a trip and he confronts me like, how dare you've been on match? Well, how the heck did he know that I was on match? Right. Unless right. he was, right? Back to the gaslighting. So now he's like, how dare you? I can't believe you were on match. I'm like, I wasn't. But right. he didn't want to listen to that. And I, at that point, I already figured out that he had already had this other person probably on the hook and, and all of that. But like, it's a, it's a picture. It's a bigger picture, an envelope, a set of behaviors that are the smokescreen for an insecure person. And it can come at various points in your relationship, mm -hmm. usually some kind of inflection point. Got it. Mm. Some kind of stress point that is going to activate the insecure attachment style. And they're going to go back to what they know because that love bombing worked, right? Like it, it hooked you at the beginning. It got you. It got me. So the people we were talking about earlier that like didn't do any overtly like narcissistic thing, but just, you know, like maybe used it as a way for their own ego or something or freaked out genuinely because it was too much too soon. Like, is the lie manipulation or is that still technically manipulation? I guess I'm trying to understand if that does fall in love bombing or it's just that they, you know, too fast, too soon. I think there are people who are just oversharers. 
And mm. I think they get threatened at the beginning where they might really like you and they get overexcited. I would not call that love bombing because I don't okay. think that it does justice to what true manipulation love bombing is. It's like, that's why I want to differentiate between a narcissist versus an asshole. Like mm. at the end, if it didn't work out, you don't have to call him a narcissist. Like people want to label it, right? I want to understand it didn't work out because he was a narcissist. I'm like, no, he was just an asshole. He, right. he just wasn't a fit for you. Right. But, but to, to, to then, and, and as, as a therapist, I'm very careful about labeling somebody as a narcissist or calling it love bombing because it could just be that this person doesn't have a good filter. They're super anxious, super excited. They overshare. What I hear, and I talk, I was just talking to a client today, where what happens is she's an anxious person. And someone else will share something and she feels the vulnerability and she doesn't know how to echo or mirror the vulnerability. So she ends up oversharing. Mm -hmm. And then I don't know if you've heard the term like having um, a vulnerability hangover. <laughs> I love that. Please. That's amazing. Okay. Explain. Okay. A vulnerability <laughs> hangover is when you shared and you didn't plan to. It's like you got mm -hmm. drunk and then you're like, what What the hell happened? I kind of blacked out. And, and, and it's... It's coming from a place of your anxiety mm -hmm. that you feel like, so for her, I would say, did you feel like you couldn't just, so this guy, for instance, said that he was a recovering alcoholic. And so she felt like she needed to mirror his story with her own trauma story. She wasn't ready to share her trauma story. And mm -hmm. we were working on her narrative. Like, this is your narrative. You own your narrative. You decide who is trustworthy enough to get this narrative for you to be safe with. Mm -hmm. But because he shared, she felt she needed to share. And instead, I said, you can give other empathy statements. You can say, thank you so much for sharing. I feel really vulnerable with you. That's an amazing story. Um, wow, you're so courageous. You know, good for you. What is that like? Keep right. the focus on them because also you run the risk that when I share because you share, I'm actually taking away from your story too. Mm. Got it. So yeah. it's not necessarily love bombing. It could just no. be that like, if like the pace isn't feeling right to you, that's yes. kind of on you to maybe control the yes. pace a little and not yeah. necessarily. And here's another scenario that I've heard labeled love bombing that I'd love for you to kind of sure. let us know is like similar, like someone comes on strong. There's a lot of conversation. Maybe it's virtual. Maybe it's in real life. And then they start to pull away. Yeah. And then when you confront them, they do kind of get gaslight you a bit like you're overreacting mm -hmm. or something like that is that love bombing or is that like purely just a miscommunication of people you're shaking your head now yeah <laughs> i don't i don't I think here's the, the problem. With all of that, let's go back to the love drug. We're excited that at the beginning. You haven't met the person yet because this, this goes into ghosting. This happens all the time, right? You haven't met the person yet. You're really excited. You're sharing lots of information. You're really connecting. And then you finally do meet, right? And now you don't feel the urge as much because you've already met them. But in your mind, you had the expectation that that mm -hmm. would continue. Mm. Now you're watching carefully and you're observing that as a pullback when really it's just normal because men oftentimes, if we're talking about heterosexual relationships, men oftentimes communicate because they need to. But mm -hmm. like, it's only that the woman imagined that that pace and that rate was going to continue. And now you're disappointed. If you label mm. that as normal behavior, which was excitement from the beginning, and now it's just a normal pullback. Because when you confront the person about the behavior, they're not even aware of it. 
Got it. So it's not that they're necessarily manipulating you. It's just no. they might their reaction might be to that, that like, oh, I didn't see that coming. And even I could see that happening, obviously, situations where you meet up for the first time. But even if you've been like dating for a little yeah. and then like it like you have an expectation, like I think women often do this too, that we're like 10 steps ahead yes, of men of a lot course, of times. That's right. Yes. With, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And I guess that's a question for you. Like, can women love bomb? Like, is that possible too? Or is it, or like be narcissist or is it mostly found in men? You know, I think women are more guarded and more cautious. So for instance, like women don't, wouldn't say something like, oh, you ought to meet my sister or my best friend unless they really meant it. And I think men don't practice as much with other men and they get excited. And sometimes they throw down these um, provocative statements without really thinking through what that means. So women are less likely to love mom because she's Mm. always filtering and watching what she's doing. What about like to manipulate? Like, do you see that in both sexes? Like, let's say the the tables were turns and it was a woman, a single mother that needed help with their children. Like, have you seen, is that possible or is it more show up in men? Women wouldn't, I don't, I don't see that happening as much. She would just kind of come out and be more direct. I'm not saying it couldn't happen. Right. Um, but, but I, I see that. And, and here's the thing. I don't think the men, this isn't conscious. I don't think the thing is that I say, because I'm a couples therapist too, so much of this is unconscious behavior that came from childhood. And if you look at that person like a baby, you wouldn't see that they were like, pre-planning and manipulating. And that's why I said, you know, it's not like the man has this master plan out there and he, oh, I'm going to get her and then I'm going to hook her for so many months and then I'm going to tell her and then I'm going right. to... It, it all happens <laughs> yeah. really fast and it happens really unconsciously. So when you do confront the man on it, like you've pulled back and he's just thinking, shit, I was just busy at work. Mm-hmm. I didn't plan some big thing to hook you and then abandon you. I just got busy and I thought we were at that point where I didn't have to manage the relationship so much. Mm. Maybe from a good perspective, he's feeling so safe and secure that he doesn't have to be texting you every day. And he thought, and from the man's perspective, the man just wants support, a woman who's going to kind of be there. But maybe he has more the avoidant style and he didn't ask for that. So Mm -hmm. we have to be curious about the, the, the behavior. We have to ask Hey, John, I haven't heard from you. What's up? Instead of like leading with, mm-hmm. oh, you abandoned me. You rejected me. Mm. What's wrong? Let's talk. Because that's priming. And when you prime someone, they feel triggered. Okay. They feel threatened. It, you know, the worst thing that you can say is we need to talk. <laughs> because you're like, oh, crap, I'm in trouble. That's my mother telling me we need right. to talk. I love that, too, because then you can see what the reaction is, as if it's gaslighting yeah. or narcissist. Like, like it's all on you. Then you know that maybe this could be love bombing more. And why I call it six steps of danger. Like, for me, I know when I'm involved with narcissists, they usually, again, talk more about themselves. They, they don't ask you a lot of questions, right? You might be on a date. They barely ask you anything. Mm. God knows. I was with one guy. I don't think he asked me a single question. And I'm like, uh, check, please. Uh, see you later, right? 
you know those people who they, they can't, you can see it. And for me, it's like now the hair on the back of my neck stands up, so I know. But in dating, especially if you're coming at it from a place where you yourself might have been deprived or you haven't had a lot of attention, and then all of a sudden somebody comes along and they give you this kind of attention. And remember, we are all infiltrated by the movies and rom-coms and the notebook. I mean, I did a, a post about this, like five steps why the notebook is not a good model. <laughs> okay? <laughs> he was a total, right? He's dropping in on her, kind of stalking yeah. her, writing yep. letters, right? Building a house. It's like, and yet we put this model out like this is what love is. Yeah. And then yeah. the good guys, right? The normal guys who don't do all of that, we think they're boring. He's not chasing me. He's not doing exactly. enough. So we have to be careful about the narrative we're giving ourselves about what love and romance is. I, I want to go deeper into that because I can hear some people listening to this right now saying, love bombing isn't that bad. It's better than being abused. It's better than being neglected. It's better than being rejected. It just sounds like I think I could handle that. So what are the dangers of mm -hmm. someone staying in a relationship where they're constantly being love bombed? So if I go back to my own situation with the roses, and I had seen immediately that it was manipulation instead of something nice, I would have saved myself like a year of heartache mm -hmm. if I go back to it. So what is, what is the danger? If the roses come with thorns, if the gifts come with an expectation, if you turn it down, and if I said to this guy like, hey, no, I don't really like these roses, I'm turning them back or something, what a narcissist would do is say, again, what, my, my gift isn't good enough? Who do you think you are? Like, there would be the manipulative hook. And yet, the best advice that I give people, if you are with a narcissist, there's not going to be a good ending. It, it's not going to end well. They're not going to say, oh, you're right. Like this guy saying to me, oh, I'll never find anyone. And yet he already had somebody else on the hook. I mean, like, what? You know, I felt horrible, right? I'm like, what did I do? I'm not good enough. I mean, it activated all my abandonment wounds. But they're not thinking of you. And the love bombing is a problem, again, if it's a series of behaviors that come with a hook and suddenly now you're into a relationship that you didn't really even choose. Mm -hmm. Right? I, I didn't like choose that. If it had been mm. slower paced mm -hmm. and I had felt like I'd been invited into this relationship, but I felt like there's a way where you just become like disoriented. Like there's mm. a way that these behaviors, like it's really a bomb, right? It's like boom. <laughs> it, it just kind of catches you off guard. And so why I think it's important to, for women to know about this is because you do have to pay attention. What mm -hmm. is the feeling I'm getting around this person? Is there an ulterior motive? If Why aren't they going slower? Why aren't they respecting my boundaries? Right. Why aren't they dating me more in a normal way? What's the rush? That's the question. What's the rush? I think COVID is tough right now because yeah. people are really lonely. They're gravitating yes. on to yes. anything. Things are moving faster. We hear of turbo relationships, right? Yes. So like, I think sometimes it can be hard to differentiate. Is this just the new pace of relationships in COVID or is this love bombing? You were saying narcissists are mostly avoidant attachments. Is that what you were saying? Mostly, but okay. you can have an anxiously, an anxious ambivalent, I call them 
nervous Nick. You can have a nervous <laughs> Nick type because it's your nervous system, right? Who right. is very insecure and can love bomb you too. So there's stats that like most of the dating pool, the older and older you get, becomes more avoidant or anxious and less secure. Like how can you spot these people or is there a way to spot these people early on so you don't get into this situation like you just described? Mm-hmm. Oh boy, so many... So many clues, right? And and I think there's more like yellow flags that can turn into red flags. But the point of, if you're with a narcissist and you bring up their behavior that is concerning to you, they're not really going to be empathic. They're not going to listen or say, oh, thank you for telling me. How can I mm-hmm. adjust? How can I change? They're not able to take it in and pivot, mm. right? That's the defensiveness. They're going to see it as something wrong with you because you're throwing mm-hmm. up a mirror that isn't the mirror that I'd like to see myself as smart and accomplished and I have so much to offer. Mm-hmm. You're giving me a different reflection and I don't like it. So it's your fault. It's your problem. Mm-hmm. It's about you. That's what I'm pushing back. Let's take a quick break from all this good talk about love bombing for a quick message. We are so excited to share with you our new podcast, Exit Interview. Dates don't usually end with a satisfaction survey, and yet we rate everything in our lives, from Uber drivers to local coffee shops. So why don't we do the same thing when dating? We're here to conduct the ultimate romance review, featuring daters hungry for love who have agreed to call up old flames to gather honest feedback. Welcome to Exit Interview. He upgraded himself to business class while I was in economy. <laughs> Wait, wow. What? There's feedback that will make you cringe. She could be a little bit hard-headed, like not reading the writing on the wall. And feedback that will make you swoon. But she said that she had feelings for you. I had no idea. Really? <laughs> and maybe you'll learn a thing or two yourself about how you can be a better dater, lover, or partner. Obviously, like, knew I was going to learn something. I didn't expect this. Welcome to Exit Interview. Listen to Exit Interview on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So do you think love bombers know that they're doing it? I'm going to call them relationship terrorists okay. yeah. to go with this whole theme. Do you think that they are guilty for these terrorist actions? Again, I think it's unconscious on their part. I think really? They, yeah. I, I, I think, having said that, I think there are some players out there who are very good. They know exactly what to say and what to do to get a woman to fall for them. And then I think like this guy that I'm talking about, the covert narcissist, I don't think he was consciously aware of that. I really don't. Mm. I, I don't think that he like knew that. I think he had, he was running so fast and had so many other issues that he just mm-hmm. um, wanted to get me because he saw me as valuable oh, here's this attractive woman. I want to get her. And so he wanted to hook me fast. That was where the behavior came from. And I think men are aware, right? They know what women like. They know that flowers are good. Like at some point you you, you figure out what are the behaviors or she likes nice things, get her a purse. I mean, I've heard from so many of my clients that they, you know, again, men send them credit cards. They give them exorbitant things. But again, no normal, nice guy, no secure Steve my character would do that. He wouldn't have to. Right. I think it's the generic stuff too. Like I think what you all mentioned, like, because they don't, they're not tailoring it to you in any way. It's And like you mentioned earlier, it doesn't have to be just gifts though, right? It can be other stuff. Like how does this, like, how could you see this in other ways? 
Well, if their love style is more um, acts of service, now all of a sudden, you know, they're coming to my house and doing repairs. I know a lot of guys mm. will do that. They'll try to make themselves invaluable in other ways, mm -hmm. right? So you mentioned you have a problem and all of a sudden, but it's poor boundaries too. It, it's the it's the lack of kind of like asking, is this okay, mm -hmm. right? They're, they're just like making an assumption. It's the manipulation is like, it's, it feels kind of forced and it doesn't, it's not about you. It's not personal. It's coming, it's stemming from their insecurity. And that's why it's so tricky because they look like, why would they need to do that? It looks like it's genuine, but it's coming mm -hmm. from this place of not feeling good enough. The little man behind the curtain. Could it be words of affirmation also, like excessively? Or is that not as much of a sign? I think so. Again, if, if their love language is verbal, then they're going to lay it on thick with all of that. And different than like the anxious person who's over sharing their own stories, they mm -hmm. might be sharing a lot about you. You're so beautiful. You're so wonderful. Mm -hmm. I've never met anybody like you. And, right. and all of these things just feel like too much. Like, tell me you like my eyes or something, but don't go on and exaggerate. And then when I say like, oh, please stop, or that's too much, then then it becomes again like, oh, well, what's wrong with that? You're just not used to a man treating you this way. And it's got like a jealousy tone. And it's got, it's just rift with all other kinds of things. Not all love bombers are narcissists. So we can clarify that. And right. I do have a friend that, that comes to mind. He love bombs out of insecurity. We've talked about mm -hmm. that yes. too. And he does yes. that with all of his girlfriends because he's so afraid of losing them. Yes. So I kind of want to take a moment to just help save these sort of love bombers because <laughs> yes. one, they don't know they're doing it. But two, yes. how can we help them recognize they're doing this out of insecurity? And what is the next step to get them out of this kind of behavior? Perfect. So when I work with that kind of guy, there's a part of them they don't know how to connect. They don't know that real connection is about paced vulnerability. They don't know that what women really want is consistency. I'll take a consistent good guy, like my husband, any day <laughs> over someone who a relationship where I keep trying to race to get back to the beginning. Amen. Right? The, yes. the, the beginning was so exciting and it's like, mm -hmm. oh my God, I want to get back to that. But, but consistency is going to win hands down anytime. And what mm -hmm. I coach these men on is, listen, you're a good guy. That's enough. You being consistently there is going to go so much further than giving her something that you can't deliver over time. And listen to her. If you love her, you really like her, she says chocolate's her favorite, go get her the best darn chocolate that she wants. But that's special. Now that's a gift. That's not a love bomb because it had a positive intention behind it and he was mirroring something and he did it for your pleasure, not for him. Mm, that's a great distinction. So I tell these men, right, learn that you are enough. You don't have to do all of this extra stuff. You just got to have to be like 10% better than the other guys out there who are flakes, who aren't being consistent. Yeah. If you're a good guy and you show up consistently, that's your money. That's your ticket. So for all of us dating right now, yes, like there's going to be bad actors. There's going to yes. be people that are insecure <laughs> that we can't save, right? They need to do that work with someone like you. I think at the end of the day, UA and I always say this, the only person you can control is yourself. Yes. And I'm not putting blame on people that have been love bombed, especially if it's been highly manipulative. But what are there? Are there ways that you can look inwards? And like, does it have to do with your own attachment styles that you might be 
more susceptible than others to love bombing. So we're back to I'm the person who's doing the love bombing. Or I'm the person getting love bombed. Okay, okay. So yes, I go back to that. And I think if I had to do all over again, I probably would have found a gracious way to reject the gift. If I, if I had to do all over again. And I wouldn't have felt like I owed him anything. Because that's the hook for women. That women who are insecure themselves feel like this behavior is special. If I had mm. labeled it yeah. as more about him and less about mm. me, then I could have been on top of it. But I got sucked into the vortex of this behavior by not seeing it for what it was and then feeling deprived myself and then feeling like I needed to kind of like deserve that after the fact and gave him more than I wanted to give him. Mm. Got it. So it's your own security is really where it's coming from. My own security. And then I worked on myself. And then I finally got to the point in therapy, like, okay, this is the last narcissist. And because I was an anxious person myself, I'm going to be attracted to whom? An unavailable person, mm -hmm. right? Because my parent was there for me sometimes, but not others. And that's my hook. So mm -hmm. I do a lot of posts and I have a lot of clients that I forewarn them. If you are the anxiously attached person, you are going to be hooked to these people who are unavailable. And in the end, they're right. going to break your heart. I think it, it's where like your view as well, like if you think of dating as scarcity, like in a scarcity yes. mindset, there, there's not that many good yes. people out there. And like, I know, like, I mean, I, we can debate if mine was love bombing or not. It sounds like it might not have been. But the way that I like interpret it was that like I hadn't been dating for so long because of yes. COVID that I'm like, oh, this person's giving me a lot of attention. And there was something in myself mm -hmm. that maybe I was a little starved for attention mm -hmm. or insecure. Uh -huh. And if I was in a better like more either had more people kind of in rotation or like was yes. just more confident and back out there with mm -hmm. it, maybe it wouldn't you wouldn't have felt like you could have maybe self-pasted a little as well. Exactly. And I think so many people are feeling loneliness and just want, it's normal to want to connect, especially during COVID. Right now. And, yeah. And, and I think <laughs> what, what we're talking about, Julie, is this person just sounded eager. Um, to yeah. me, they were too eager. They couldn't filter. They too probably felt the same way. And I think you then, as the person who's receiving that, you can say, hey, listen, you know what? There's going to be time for all of that. <laughs> you know, I feel like this, our conversations are a little bit intense, but why don't we just like make them a little bit shorter? Mm. And and if you then felt in control of the behavior, as we're saying, you can only control yourself, then right. you could kind of like slow that down a little bit, but with also some reassurance. Hey, I really like you. You right. know, these conversations are great. I just feel like I've been on the phone all day. It's just a little too much for me. I'd prefer if we talk for shorter, but you know, keep up the pace because this is really good. Right. Got it. Instead of just like texting less or doing something that makes someone else feel like you're ghosting or pulling away. Exactly. We have to just communicate more what works <laughs> for us. You, you take care of yourself. Tell them because they don't want to they don't want to have that disappear either. They're enjoying that. But it just needs it's the intensity that you wanted a little less of. And then for the actual love bombers, like people that are the ones love bombing, 
Like, we, how as a dater do you kind of navigate dating? Like, UA, you were saying before, you don't want to like be skeptical of every last person. Like, what is that balance of looking at those? I feel like with yell, like red flags, like people are always like, red flag, this is a red flag, this is a red uh-huh. flag. And it's almost like, intimidating and you're also like kind of setting yourself up for negativity but also we can't be dumb and ignore things that could actually pan out later like what's the line yeah dr diane you know it just sounds like it's a loose loose you can't win anymore you're just uh, people are saying i just looking for someone to treat me well and now it's like if they treat you too good in the beginning (laughs) then you gotta be a little weary my whole thing with dating too is it only takes one Mm -hmm. and you have to see it as abundance model. There are a lot of good guys out there, but there's also just a lot of people who are just like you, insecure, looking for love. None of us really know what the hell we're doing, right? We're all (laughs) just kind of fumbling through it. I personally think for me, when I got to the point where I said like, no more narcissists, I also opened myself up to a bigger dating pool. Mm -hmm. And then I myself wasn't so anxious because when you're anxious, you're heavy. Okay, I kind of say it's like you're a muffin. You're like a dense <laughs> zucchini muffin. I love nobody, your analogy. Okay, nobody I know, wants they're so good. A so muffin. good. You got to be a cupcake, okay? You got to be a <laughs> cupcake that is like light and fluffy and fun and has sprinkles and like people want to date a cupcake, right? So lighten up cupcake is what I say. Like <laughs> If you're so anxious and so worried, I'm going to be abandoned. I'm going to be rejected. This guy's going to love bomb me. I'm walking into it in a fear mode already. My guard's going to be up. Dating should be fun. You're getting to meet mm-hmm. somebody. There has to be an element of curiosity and play. And when I said, I've got to bring all of me to dating because I've been hurt so many times. I dated for so long. Then I started um, my tagline on Match.com was, life is short. I hope you're not. Okay. And I, I'm tallest, I'm just saying, because I'm like 5'10", though. And I wanted someone who was tall. And I know it's superficial. And short men would write me like, how dare you? And I'm like, okay, well, but my husband's 6'6". And it worked. But I got to that point where like, I didn't care. I was just going to have to be myself. Mm-hmm. Like, this is my personality. I, I can't worry about offending everyone. I'm just looking for one. I think we've said this on many episodes, and this is kind of a good segue to takeaways, but like we've talked about the feeling, and I think it really does come down to that feeling. I think you do know in your gut, is this authentic or is this not? You do. I think you do. And I think a lot of times when you still continue to do it, it comes from what you were saying of like the lack of confidence yourself or Mm -hmm. where you're at. If you're in a world where you're the cupcake, I'm so going to be like swiping through data apps being like, I'm the cupcake and just keep thinking about that. But um, I feel like if you're in a place that you're the cupcake, then you are kind of like, okay, is this authentic? I have a lot of options. Like you're kind of looking at it that way opposed to like, I need to like grasp on to every last person that pays me attention kind of I, thing. I tell people because I watch The Bachelor. I follow all of them. Me too. I, oh oh my God. too. You and I bonded over that, oh, yeah. Dr. Okay. Diane. So now my new thing is this. You are The Bachelorette. You are not on The Bachelor competing Mm. with 30 women. This is your show. This is your show. And all we have to do is get like 30 men in the funnel. Okay. So you have to have a dating strategy where you're going to have a lot of people to choose from. Because if I come into this from a place of empowerment, like I have choice and there's good people out there, I can't wait to be chosen. Mm -hmm. Right. 
I, it's a mindset shift. I have yep. to feel like I get to choose. And if there's a narcissistic man who is forcing you to choose quicker than you are, you know. Right. I knew, but like I didn't because I was in a drought before I met him. Like I was, I was going with scraps, right? Like this wasn't ideal for me, but I, I somehow felt like, well, it's better than nothing, right? Mm -hmm. So, but if I, then I regrouped, got myself together, regrouped and said, no, this is my show. I get to choose. And I started dating with more intention and started asking the right questions and with intentionality. And I wasn't so hooked by those guys anymore then. Then I could see clearly like, oh God, yeah, he's so insecure. And then I could move on and welcome other better men into my life. The good guys mm. who are boring, mm -hmm. by the way. <laughs> <laughs> but boring is good. <laughs> or it depends on how you define boring. You, 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 Stephen, analogy for them? Are they like the, like, I can't. Boring Bob? Like, I can't even. <laughs> I got analogies like what, for everything. Okay, what type of bread is super boring? I don't know. <laughs> just that, just that wonder bread. Yeah, you know? exactly. Absolutely. Absolutely. You're plain, you're plain bread. But the thing is, you have to see that, again, consistency over time. What are you getting if you're chasing this excitement? Because there is something about the love bombing and the narcissism that's exciting. Because sure. this person yes. is showering you with everything. It's like hard not to like, like to slow know, it down, right? Totally. But, but that's where if you're setting the pace, if you're with a therapist, you have a coach, you're, you're checking in with yourself, you're not just listening to your girlfriend, somebody who's more objective about what this behavior is. You're saying, how do they make me feel, right? You mm -hmm. are the barometer on yourself to say... Is this person making me feel safe? Do I feel comfortable with them? Are they bringing out the best in me? Am I myself? Yep. Because when I was with this narcissistic guy, I felt like I needed to be perfect all the time. Mm. You know, mm -hmm. he, it, I felt like like his show peep, you know, his, you know, arm candy or something. It, it felt kind of icky, right? Like I didn't feel like he really wanted to get to know right. me. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that's a good segue to takeaways. Like I think one of the things that I've definitely learned from this is that there is a distinct definition yes. of love bombing. Love bombing gets tossed around a lot. The word narcissist, there is a range, but it is also a word that gets tossed around yes. a lot. And I think at the end of the day, we have to communicate. We, I mean, this is like, we say this on every episode, but we have to communicate and not just make assumptions because then we learn, is this actually just, mm -hmm. you know, someone getting ahead of themselves or someone, maybe they're actually feeling like this is going well and they can pull back because they feel yes. like they're in a good place. Or if we communicate, Kate and the person basically gaslights us back and tells us that we're wrong, mm -hmm. then we know at least what we're dealing with. And I think instead of throwing around terms to describe certain situations, we need to just start having conversations, but also look at the answers objectively. And like we were saying, I love this, be your own bachelorette. Like if you see re like replies that are not what you're looking for, like if you feel like someone's putting you down, it's time to move on to the next person in a place of abundance, not scarcity. Yeah. One other mm -hmm. analogy that I love is um, when we're insecure, we also get disappointed by a lot of people. Mm -hmm. I know I did. Somebody would, I was just always disappointed. Like I'd, I'd have some vision of them and they would never like measure up to my expectations. And we tend to use what we call the golden rule. 
So I use myself as my reference point because this is all I know. Like I've only been my myself, right? Mm-hmm. So I use the golden rule, which is in my head. I say, do unto others the way I would like to be done unto. And then when the person doesn't do what I'd hoped, because like I would be so empathetic if they said that. I would be so loving. And when they don't give that back to me, that's when I'm disappointed. Mm-hmm. Right? Like mm-hmm. I would be texting all the time. The fact that they're not texting me means they're hurting me. How dare they? Like all they have to do is text me back. Damn it. But it doesn't work for couples. What you want to use, I don't know if you've ever heard the platinum rule. Have you heard the platinum mm-hmm. rule? The platinum rule is do unto your partner the way they want to be done unto. Mm. Okay. Love that. So in couples, I'm using myself as my reference point, but you're different, okay? I'm anxiously attached, but you're more avoidant. You need space, distance, peace. I need connection, validation, closeness. So whose needs are more important? There has to be enough space and time to meet both of our needs. Now, you have to communicate to me, I need space and I need peace because this is what I need for me. And I need to communicate that I need closeness. But as a couple now, we need to negotiate this. So I have to give you what you need, not what I think you need or not what I need. And that's when you get a real partnership, a couple, where you are both listening to each other and there's space for two people. Well, that's where love language came yes. from. It's not so much like me telling, yes. me projecting right. my love language right. onto you. Okay. Is that we both have different languages yes. and we just got to learn to speak each other's languages. That's exactly so I love right. that. I think two of my major takeaways from this conversation are the consistency is mm-hmm. huge. I, I do believe that that we get addicted to love bombing behavior because it's adrenaline. It gives you that pump of energy, that that pump of lovingness, and then you get addicted to it. But if you don't consistently see it over time, it is disappointing. You get depressed. You feel neglected. So seeing that not just your partner's behavior as consistent, but also checking yourself. Yes. Am I performing consistently as well? Am I showing up for my partner consistently? It's huge. I think my second major takeaway is you said something about sometimes we get ourselves into relationships and we're like, how did I get mm-hmm. here? And knowing that you made that decision mm-hmm. and choice to be in there, I think we forget that in dating too. We often blame external factors. And then we say, oh, the result of where I am today is because of things that are out of my control. Well, guess what? It's not. If you find yourself in a position where you listen to your gut and say, I don't want to be in this position. You chose to be there. Now you can choose to not be there instead of blaming other people. We can blame narcissists all we want. We've heard this so many times, right, Julie? Oh, People yeah. always like, oh, I'm dating a narcissist and this narcissist is treating me this way. Well, don't blame Why are you the dating narcissist. Them, right? <laughs> yeah. You got to blame yourself for choosing to be in that situation. So the power of choice is so important here because mm-hmm. we got to stop blaming these external factors. Oh. If you've been love bombed and the minute you realize it, it is your choice to acknowledge it and to do something about it. Own and atone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, outside of narcissists too. Another one that I think gets thrown around all the time is they're insecure attached. Mm-hmm. Like they're an insecure mm-hmm. person. And I think attachment is really important to like understand yourself, but we can't just use that as the reason why every relationship doesn't work out too. Like, you know, they just might not be the right fit for you. It might have zero to do with their attachment. Like there's so many things out there. But I think like the other takeaway is that this could happen to anyone. Like yes. you said, Dr. Diane, like you're a psychologist 
psychologist and it happened to you. I think the key is when you see the behavior that's off or you start to feel the behavior that's off, that's when you act. When you just keep brushing it under the rug, that's when it becomes you in control versus not. That's right. And and don't expect that they're going to agree with you. This is the problem. Mm. When I said, if you're with a narcissist, you need to get out. It, it Oftentimes, I mean, I've helped people, you know, untangle their you know, and get divorced. If you're waiting for the other person to give you permission, they're not going to. Remember, they're a narcissist. Right. They lack empathy. They're not going to agree with you and say, oh yeah, you can do better. Are you kidding? They're going to tell you, good luck to you. You'll never do better than me. They're going to cut you down. And then there's something called narcissistic rage that you do have to be careful of. True narcissists will be so offended that you left them that they could really um, make your life hell. Oof. Sounds like a movie. Yeah. Narcissistic rage. Seriously. Seriously. <laughs> it's It's ugly. So I would say once again, back to control. So what if you have to turn some guy down and they tell you like, oh, what you think you're too good for my gifts? I'll just say, you know, thank you so much. Um, but it's just, we're just not a fit. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, say whatever you need to literally say whatever you need to, to take care of yourself, to get out of that and then declare no more, which is what I did. Like no more. I'm not open for that inconsistency. I'm going to welcome only men who are at a different level into my life. And when you get really clear on that, um, you won't have all these red flag people. I think the other final one on like the labeling, I love your like, are they a narcissist or just an asshole? Because I think sometimes, <laughs> you know, it just is that mm -hmm. simple. Like we don't need to find a label for everyone. We just need to know that the behavior or the feeling does not align with what we're looking for and move on. It doesn't need to be like, no. they did this, like they did that. It's better spent time to just move forward opposed to like l figuring out there are like, you know, personality disorders and all the stuff out there. Like you're not, not a psychologist. A right. Yeah, We're not a exactly. fit. That's it. Yeah. Leave that to Dr. <laughs> but, uh, Diane. <laughs> but uh, but I do have a label. I just took your love quiz or love style quiz and I am a secure Sophia. Oh, so nice. that is label I am happy yes. to flaunt. Yes. <laughs> And speaking of this quiz people can take, if people want to find out more information about you, they want to connect with you, they could go to back to love doc, back to love, no, back to love doc.com. Yes. No, yes, that's right. Back to love doc.com. Uh -huh. yes. Now no one's going to ever forget it. Back, back to, to love, love doc.com. That is a, yeah. a tongue twister. Back, <laughs> back to love doc.com. Come. Right. Oh my gosh, or, I did it. <laughs> so, okay, if I gave you my real name, which is Diane Strakowski, now that's a mouthful. So I, I got all these long <laughs> names. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so where can people find you? Where's a good place for them to find you? Well, again, they can find me on YouTube. They can find me on Instagram. They can find me on my website. I have online courses. I do couples therapy. I'm only located in California, meaning I can only do therapy with people in California, but mm -hmm. I am licensed. And I love coaching people. I love coaching men. I love coaching women. I love couples too, because if I can help a couple like figure out the platinum rule and save a marriage, uh, to me, it's, it's, it's also worth it. Or sometimes dissolve a marriage that shouldn't yes, be happening. Yes, we learned Absolutely. that that's equal success in couples. Yes. <laughs> I've had to call many a marriage and it is oftentimes the best thing. They, you know, they, they I'm like the fourth couples therapist and we need to just have some peace. Yeah. Oftentimes. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Diane. I know our audience is going to love all your terms, if nothing else. There's so many <laughs> gems in this episode. So I'm definitely going to chill my inner muffin. So. Okay. No, cupcake. Cupcake, sorry. Be cupcake. a cupcake. Muffins. I don't want to be a muffin. muffin. Sorry, I got to be a cupcake. <laughs> Chittling my inner you, cupcake. 
you don't look at a muffin you're like mm, i'm gonna i want that i'm gonna be a fun fetty <laughs> cupcake a sprinkles cupcake with passion fruit filling uh-huh <laughs> there's gonna be we're gonna like start something in the facebook group of all the analogies of what cupcake everyone is i see it coming I see it coming and then someone's gonna be like you know what i'm a donut you know they're gonna throw in a, a, something, a curveball into this tea bags and i, I got them all tea bags just, you know, yeah, right i know i know tea I'm, bags we just took it dirty also i know <laughs> dr diane took it there <laughs> and got a hand it to oh, her my husband knows, yes. <laughs> well, we're so glad that we finally got you on our show. This is a long time coming, but we finally did it. And this was just oh, such a wonderful conversation for all of our listeners. If you would like more awesome guests like Dr. Diane, we would love for you to give us a review in Apple Podcasts because believe it or not, that really helps us get prominent, awesome guests because it makes us look credible. You know, it makes sense. So um, just go to, you can go to Apple Podcasts or if you just want to connect with us, you can go to datablepodcast.com. You can find us on Instagram as well in any podcast platform. Thank you so much, Dr. Diane. We appreciate this and we're not just love bombing you. We really do love you (laughs) and we will keep that consistent behavior throughout the rest of the year. So that's a promise from us. Thank you so much, ladies. I had so much fun. All right. We're going to wrap this up. Stay Dateable. The Dateable Podcast is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts. Want to continue the conversation? First, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter with the handle at Dateable Podcast. Tag us in any post with the hashtag Stay Dateable and trust us, we look at all those posts. Then head over to our website, datablepodcast.com. There you'll find all the episodes as well as articles, videos, and our coaching service with vetted industry experts. You can also find our premium Y series where we dissect, analyze, and offer solutions to some of the most common dating conundrums. We're also downloadable for free on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Overcast, Stitcher Radio, and other podcast platforms. Your feedback is valuable to us, so don't forget to leave us a review. And most importantly, remember to stay dateable.